Okay, so the worst thing happened right before came to film this podcast. What happened? <sighs> Explain. Okay, so I, yeah, so I went to the mall this morning to, yeah, like, just for a little bit. So I left maybe an hour ago, and I came back, like, right in time for the podcast recording. And, like, I walked in, and as I opened the door... I let a gecko or like a little salamander in. <laughs> oh my God. Oh and my God. Yeah. Yeah. You can see where it's going. Yes. So Belle, of course, was right there and was like, oh my God. And she grabbed it. She she was like, <laughs> first, I think she got it with her paws and she grabbed it in her mouth and she like ran away as fast as she could. And so of course, for the next like 10 minutes, I'm screaming and running around the house <laughs> and trying to get the gecko away from her because I don't want her to, like, I don't want the cats to eat anything like that in case it's toxic or whatever yeah, i don't know yeah and okay. so she was just holding it in her mouth and oh the little God. legs were dangling no. out and it was so gross and like i am generally pretty good yeah. about killing bugs like yeah. i'm pretty good about killing bugs i'm not that scared right but once it's like something that's soft and like fleshy i just and like that and big um I had a paper towel with me, and then I was like, should I trap it in a cup? Maybe that'll be easier. I don't have to touch it and feel it. But I just, and I was just like, can't. And Diego was trying to help me. Oh, and then at one point, Belle, like, ran under a couch and dropped it on the ground so that it was, like, limping around, and they were just, like, playing with it. And so I was trying to get it under the couch, and then Bader picked it up and ran away and, like, hit under another couch so then uh -oh. Diego was trying to get Bader to drop it so he was like holding Bader and trying to open his mouth oh my god they're and... really just holding on to it okay <laughs> yeah and then I was like okay it's definitely dead but like every time they dropped it out of their mouth it was still moving so I was like oh my god I can't, I can't touch it no that's the thing. worst there's no way there's no way um <laughs> and every time that Diego tried to get him to open his mouth he would like growl like they were serious they were really trying to, trying to hold on to this toy that they had found God. And so then I wasn't about to touch it. So I picked Bader up, who had it in his mouth, which was really hard to begin with. Sorry, hold on. Bader just opened the door. Oh, I'm very on cue. Okay. He wants to <laughs> talk about his own experience. You know, you Welcome, Bader, <laughs> to the podcast. Um, so, okay. yeah, I picked him up, which was hard because the freaking gecko was half hanging out of his mouth. And I was like, what if it falls out and touches me? <laughs> and then I opened our front door, like ran outside, closed the door so Belle didn't run away, ran outside holding Bader and was like, drop it, drop it, drop it. <laughs> and finally, I think he was like overwhelmed by being outside. So he dropped oh. it and the gecko like ran away. It was still alive. I think it was just like how the cats were holding it yeah. in their mouth or something. So it was still alive and it just like scampered away. Oh, so it and was I, fine? It was like actually fine. I can't, t I'm sure it wasn't like totally oh, fine, God. but it was alive. I yeah. made that, okay. <laughs> and then I ran inside, like shoved Bader inside and locked the door. <laughs> and then I came upstairs and got ready for the podcast. This is a typical day in the life. I know. I'm a uh, cat owner. Also, at one point, I was just like, okay, well, what if the gecko is just, like, living here now? Like, what if it runs away and we'll never find it and it's just a part of our apartment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a serious concern, yeah. Uh, yeah, welcome to Generational Differences. <laughs> welcome back, guys. I'm, welcome back. I'm Hillary, and I've got Hannah with me, uh, and that was my morning. How was your morning, Hannah? It was good. I woke up about 35 minutes ago. 
So <laughs> it's 2 p.m. by the way. <laughs> it's 2 p.m. I flew back this morning from Los Angeles where I was visiting law schools with my mom, our mom. Ooh. So got some sleep in and now we're here. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your for being here. Your morning. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot has yeah. been happening today. Yeah. Actually a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. For one, it was Hannah's birthday. Happy 22nd birthday. Hey, thank you. Tell us uh, what you did for your birthday. My best friend and my boyfriend, they planned a surprise party. So that was really fun. It was a, it was a good time. It was a really good time. I felt very old. And I've been feeling <laughs> very old since turning 22. Every time I think about, oh, I'm 22. I yeah, don't know. tell me about it. The thing about it is different from, very different from 21. Yeah. I know. Tell me about how it. Do you, how how do you, you feel hearing feel? that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm turning 30 this year, so <laughs> feels good to hear. <laughs> My favorite thing to hear. Um, also, since the last time we recorded, I had a couple crazy dreams that I wanted to share with our audience. And luckily, I texted Hana both times. So I have a record. Yep. Um, okay. So I'm just going to read the text because there's no better. Okay, I'm so sorry. The cats are just keep going in and out. I just heard someone open the door. I know. I feel like you can hear the door because the cats just keep going in and out. Um, <laughs> so I was talking to Hana. So Hana and I, or you and I, were hanging out with Chance the Rapper. Right. Which, by the way, is not a music, like an artist that I listen to that often, so I don't know why he was there. But hanging out with Chance the Rapper. And he needed to go to the store to get some stuff. But he was acting a little weird already before we were going to the store, saying like he wished he could buy a knife. I was like, why does he need a knife? And so then we were there and we were waiting for him in the bathroom. And we were talking to him, talking to these older ladies about kinks. Uh, but then the lights in the in the store started flashing on and off. Wait, about and what? About kinks. Okay, you just really <laughs> went by that really fast. So I wasn't sure what you said. Okay. Yeah, about kinks. I don't know why we were doing that. All right. Or why, like, in the dream, I knew exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. So the lights start flashing on and off. We immediately know we're in danger. So then we ran from the store. And, of course, you had your baby with you. <laughs> right. You were holding your baby. And we were trying to get out and get to our car Amazing. and try to escape. Um, because, apparently, Chance the Rapper and other rappers and um, other people, just generally, were in some, like, I think like some government group um, that trapped people at the store so that they could start taking over the, oh no, I guess it was anti-government. It's like a rebel group, but like a scary, violent one. Mm -hmm. So they trapped us there so they could start taking over the government and killing or jailing people like us who resisted. And so then uh, you and I are in my car and we're trying to drive out of the parking lot, but there are like hordes of people. And then suddenly your baby disappears. It's just you. Oh no, wait, you and your baby disappears. It was just me. So I don't know where you went. And then <laughs> um, I'm out of my car and I'm running on foot. And then my friend Tyler, who I, I knew in middle school and I haven't seen since then or <laughs> talked to since then shows up and he's like, get on my big pillow. We'll slide um, away faster than running on foot. I was like, okay, great. So I hopped on. Okay, great. Pillow <laughs> no <we> questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Tyler and his pillow again. Yeah. And so we're sliding. Um, and then we get to this town square area and we see a giant video monitor of the rebel uh, like forces who have taken over the city. And we find out that the dictator who's trying to overthrow the government is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> of course. And so then we find out that um, a lot of people have been killed and kidnapped by the new government. So everyone in the square is very sad and crying. 
Um, and so then Tyler's like, okay, got to go. Bye. And so then I see my other friend, Ty, who's also from middle school and high school and I haven't seen or talked to since then. Tyler and Ty? Who, yeah. Different, different people. Yeah. Okay. Um, who's like, okay, like, I know you have to go on your journey now, but make sure you come back. So I know you made it. Um, and so I continue on. And then mm-hmm. someone says they hate my shirt randomly, which is really rude. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, and then I start to go down this tunnel and I, but then suddenly something inside me in the dream is like, no, this is unsafe. And then this guy that's in front of me goes through the tunnel and then looks back and is like, what happened? And then a government soldier comes out of nowhere and grabs him. And then I wake up. Wow. It's crazy that you remember it so vividly. Yeah. That day when I woke up, I was like all the details, like so many details. So that's why I wrote such a intricate text yeah, uh, that's to you. crazy if anyone knows what the meaning of this dream was please <laughs> let me right know yeah feel free to dissect me psycho- uh, psychologically i do think it's because diego and i have been playing a oh. uh war related game and so there's a lot of like hiding and scavenging and like running oh. and um stuff like that yeah. oh and when I say playing uh when I say we've been playing it means Diego's been playing and I've been watching <laughs> yeah that's valid but yeah I think that's probably why I remember you <laughs> you had a different dream that was about me yeah that was really funny so, if you want to tell it the next day after this crazy war dream that I had I had another dream that I texted Hana about so I was having really vivid dreams that week I don't know what I was eating or smoking but (laughs) Uh, I said (laughs) I had a dream that Diego and I were in a mall shopping for Christmas presents and Hana and her friends Joyce um and then our friend her friends Joyce and like our friends from childhood (laughs) Mari and Masa um, showed up Mm -hmm. and you asked um if we could if you could take my credit card to go buy food so of course I was like yeah sure and so then (laughs) later you like were running around the mall with my credit card but then apparently you found some lady's bag of really big Kit Kats like how big (laughs) 10 times or 15 times bigger than a regular Kit Kat okay like a really big one and then you like found them and you took a bite out of one of them (laughs) like you just opened her Kit Kats and took a bite and so, but then right after she uh, you did it, she came into the room and she was like, what are you doing? Like, those are my, that's my candy. Um, and so when she caught you, you ran off and I was there and she looked at me and she was like, do you know her? Like, she took a bite of my Kit Kat bar. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, that's my sister. Like, uh, yeah, don't worry. Like, I'll pay for it. Um, and I took out my wallet and I was like, how much do I owe you for that bite? And she was like, 30 cents. And I was like, okay like here's (laughs) here's some coins uh and I had to deal with it while you were just like gone you like you were like I was just gone okay (laughs) yeah Uh, and then like a whole bunch of other random stuff happened but I think the biggest takeaway from that was just like big sis things just taking care of my sister like causing havoc (laughs) (laughs) even in my dreams yeah oh my god yeah do you ever have dreams where like you are in that role or do you have dreams where like I have to come and save you <laughs> like I just wonder what your perspective in your oh yeah is. yeah so I've never ever had a dream where I'm like protecting people <laughs> <laughs> I, but I have had dreams where you are like you're not necessarily like like shielding me from stuff but like you are definitely like a person of comfort when I'm in a really scary situation and you're just there too you know Aww. Yeah, but I think that's that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense than me biting a Kit Kat. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> you said, I remember you said that you had to pay her exactly 30 cents for the yeah, bite that cents. I took. Yeah, for the bite. She was really serious about her candy. Like, dang, you chose the wrong lady to mess with. Yeah, and then um, a lot of other stuff happened. You said that was really random and it was all hilarious. But don't worry, that'll, that won't happen in real life. You're not going to eat some random lady's candy? I, don't, I you know... See, I don't want to say that. And then, how- <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, next episode, we're like, so I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah, who knows what. <laughs> All right, thank yeah. you for sharing those dreams. Yeah. Before we jump into the main topic uh, where Hana will take over, I wanted to correct one thing that we talked about in our last, I think it was mm. our last podcast, or no, I think it was a couple, a couple podcasts, podcasts ago. Yeah. yeah, when we were talking about. Asian identity and immigrant identity, we shared a story where we thought that our dad didn't know how to pronounce Matt Damon's name <laughs> growing up. And it got both of us into different kinds of trouble. Yeah. Pronouncing it Matt da- Damon. Oh my God, you. <laughs> I almost, yeah, I couldn't remember which Matt one. Right. Yeah. And so our dad listened to that episode and he would like us to issue a correction. <laughs> Because it wasn't that he didn't know how to pronounce Matt Damon's name. It was actually that he was just trolling and trying to mess us up. So he would like to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, he called us and he was like, by the way, like, just so you guys know, I actually do know how I've always known. <laughs> um, and we were like, okay, cool. So you're just, you're just messing us up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> Which is actually hilarious. Our dad would totally do that. I don't know why he didn't put it together. That's but. true. Our dad is such a troll sometimes. Yeah. Now you guys know. Now our dad. <laughs> Just clearing our dad's yeah. name kind yeah. of in a weird way. Anyway, Hana, take us away. What are we talking take about? Take us today? away. All right. We're going <laughs> to go. <laughs> take us away. So today, for today's episode, we are going to be talking about a few things, but I really wanted to talk a little bit about of the interests that I have and how they relate to being Asian. So I, so I'm obviously like the same as Hillary. Like we both, you know, doing law and stuff. But aside from academics, I have a few hobbies. One of them, I guess, to start with, we could talk about gaming. So like video games and gaming culture in general. I started gaming when I was 13. I, that's when I really got into it. But um. Mm-hmm. Sort of just want to talk a little bit about Asian Americans in gaming and what that looks like and, you know, what Hillary might know about it or might not know about it. Which is zero. No. (laughs) Hillary knows a little bit about it. So, yeah, to start start talking about gaming. In recent years, since uh, I've been around Hillary, like, staying with her during COVID and stuff, we sort of, like, talked a little bit more about video games and she's bought a Switch and she's kind of looking at what games she likes trying to get into it because i'm very i'm yeah i'm really passionate about video games diego her partner is also you know plays a lot of games so yeah i don't know where where should we begin with this topic um yeah why don't you tell us about how i'm curious actually also how you got into gaming because as context like when i said i know zero it's because i didn't grow up playing games like buying the switch was a big deal like i just know nothing and so curious how you got into it what your favorite games are maybe and then we'll love yeah we can talk about like what it is like being a girl in gaming and being asian yeah 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 yeah. okay so it's actually a funny story um the first time i realized 
oh my god, I really want to like get into this culture. I really want to learn how to play these games. It was actually when I was seven years old. When I was seven, <laughs> what? When I was seven, it's a very specific story. When I was seven, I went to China with our mom to visit yeah. our extended family, and I we stayed with our male cousin who is like a cup few years older than me, right? He's like twenty five yeah. or so. I'm not even. I'm not it's sure. something like that. Yeah, twenty five, twenty six. Anyways, at the time, he was, like, 10 or 11, and he had a computer, which I didn't, like, a gaming computer, which I didn't have in the U.S., and so I was watching him play. I remember he was playing Dota, which is, for people who play video games, is, like, the OG MOBA game. MOBA? Multi, multi, no. Wait, can you, let me, let me try to say what the acronym is. Can you spell it? Yeah, M-O-B-A. Oh, okay, I got this. Massive online, nope, <laughs> mm, nope, M- MOBA. Yeah, it's Massive a- Online Battle Arcade. It's really close. It's a multiplayer online battle arena, I think. Oh my god, I'm so, that was super close. Same meaning, it's like the same meaning. Yeah. No, but okay, anyway, so Dota. Dota's the OG back then. Yeah. It was like the biggest game, and they, that was like the only video game at the time that had pro league or whatever, you know, like a competition. And so I was watching him play, and I was like, oh, my God. I could not peel my eyes away from the screen. I remember my mom was like, what the heck? Like, what's wrong with you? And, I, <laughs> and then from there, I was just hooked. And the first game I ever played was Minecraft, which is like a, it's like a typical, I think, starter game for kids. I mean, I still play, but you still I still play, play Minecraft. Yeah. yeah, like, it's not just for kids, you know. But And Hana made a TikTok about Minecraft that got, like, a million views. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 I got like no, it yeah, got check like it out. 250,000 likes or something. I can't remember now. But anyways, and then I got into League of Legends, which is a very, very uh, Asian population dominated game to play. It's also a MOBA. I started playing that in season three and four. If people know, I don't even know who's wait, gonna know these things. Or, or <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, so. Can you just really briefly say what a MOBA is for people who don't know? Yeah, so a MOBA, okay. So I guess I can just describe types of video games. So there are different video game genres. For example, there's shooter games. So shooter games are games like Call of Duty. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the most popular ones. Halo? Yeah, so Halo. Uh, what else? TF2 for people who know that. Overwatch. Overwatch is a really popular one in Asia, but it's no longer really active. Those yeah. are just games where you shoot? Yeah, yeah. It's like first-person shooter games. And then there are Battle Royale games, which are really popular right now, like mm-hmm. Fortnite, PUBG. Uh, Apex Legends is one that I play on the PS, on the PlayStation. Those are different types of games. And then MOBAs are you're given a map to play on, and you play on a team random people that you queue up with and the goal is like to beat the other the other side on this map so that's why it's called a multiplayer battle arena basically that makes and sense. that's different from battle royale where you like battle yeah battle royale, it's like hunger games yeah it's like you want to be the last person standing or the last team oh, standing, right okay. so also there are other types like diego's mentioned like rpg yeah yeah role-playing games <laughs> yeah yeah i don't play a lot of rpgs but those are really popular that's the, where you like have a care you like play a character and then you can like level up that character and you're like exploring and then they have wow i know so much about games yeah. uh, they have like open plan or open world 
and then like not open world yeah and classic rpg is like pokemon oh that's an rpg oh okay and there's also arcade style which is my favorite like mario yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, there's so many different kinds but um that's just that's what i what was the question (laughs) (laughs) the question was like you were talking about how you were how you got into gaming and then we got to league and stuff oh you asked like what's a moba yeah what so these are all the different is, yeah. types of games there's so many more though there's like turn-based strategy games which is what uh diego plays a lot there's racing games there's oh right you know there's so many uh so yeah that's how I got... <laughs> that's how i got into uh gaming wait how did you get into league it's like where did you have friends who were playing did you say that yeah i had or... friends who were playing in high school everyone at my school that was Asian was playing League. So I was just like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. The one thing I wanted to note was that while growing up in like the the 2010s, right, there wasn't a lot of places where you could like watch people game. Like there wasn't a big platform on Twitch, which is like a streaming website now where you can just go watch anyone you want at any time. Like there was not no Twitch. It was just YouTube. So I remember the first YouTubers I ever watched on gaming where just like PewDiePie who's like the biggest biggest YouTuber ever hit watching him play games and there was also like Markiplier, Jacksepticeye I don't know if you've heard of these YouTubers but they're really 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 popular but now now like everyone can stream you know it's so open and there's a lot more representation besides just like white guys one notable person is Ryan Higa maybe Higa he's a Twitch streamer now Um, oh yeah so it's been really cool to see. I just wanted to note that, like, that's those are the types of people I had growing up, and now there's so many more Asian people in gaming that I can that are really popular. Have you also seen more women streaming, like Asian women, but also just women in general? Yes, there's a, definitely a lot more women. There, if you look at like the the top streamers on Twitch and the top paid streamers on Twitch, they're all still white males, but there are. Mm-hmm women up there too majority of the women streamers are asian or minorities so i think that's really Mm. cool too or like what's it like i guess (laughs) being a girl gamer like i remember when i was in middle school and high school there was this one girl in our school who like played games and it was this huge deal and like all the guys were like oh my god she's a gamer um (laughs) it was like a big thing but now i feel like Probably there are just more girls who play games. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting, that culture. I kind of felt that too when I was a teenager. Now, it's definitely not a field that is equal. So, like, there's definitely a lot of misogynistic attitudes in gaming culture and especially in professional gaming culture. Right? Like, esports teams right now are all male. So, there's no females in any of the just an example like any of the League of Legends teams they're all males I'm not sure if there's a rule or anything but yeah yeah. that's what I was gonna say like is there a rule against it or is that just how it is I think it might just be how it is and like who they scout and the general you know idea like who's actually top of the ranks uh, in the game are all males you know that also has to do with the stigma that girls face when they you know get into gaming it's like you're not really good like you're you might be the top female streamer, but you're not the top streamer. Like, you don't, you know, they mm. always say top female streamer. So it's, like, a different mm. category. Can you say more about, like, the misogyny and, like, those stereotypes and, like, the impact that that has on, has had on you, maybe, but then also, in general, girls in gaming? 
So like to begin with, even just in the development of games and female roles in games, characters, and voice acting, a lot of the developers, they include very stereotypical images of women and over-sexualized in the voice mm-hmm. acting. There's a lot of like high-pitched speaking, giggling, like things like that. So I think in that regard, you know, like if you're a kid playing games, you might think like that's what women are like. And so you might develop some attitudes towards women. Mm. And in general, like not there's there's not too much controversy. Like no one really cares. I mean, they do now a little bit more, but no one really cared as much about like women getting paid a lot less. And I remember mm. in like 2015 or something, there was like an all-girl gamer group, professional gaming group that came out. But no, like they were taken as a joke completely. Like, no one took them seriously. Aww. So there's definitely a lot of progress that needs to be made. My own personal experiences with being a girl in esports have been interesting. I think for the most part, like it's really positive. I also don't like advertise that I'm a woman because the games mm-hmm. I play, they don't use like voice um, channels or anything. But okay. sometimes, like sometimes, for example, in League of Legends, when I get into game, like someone will type in the chat, like, do you want a Discord? Do you want to do voice channel? And like everyone will mm-hmm. join, but I never join because I'm... I'm, I never want them to know that I'm a woman. So, like, oh dang. I don't want them to hear my voice and then think something about me. Dang, that's yeah. that's intense because, like, you, I guess, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't have to hide, like, your identity because of how people will underestimate you or, like, hate on you. Like, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think, I bet for the most part, there are people, like, the people who are asking to Discord, they don't give a crap. But, like, I've had experiences where, like, let's just say I did something to like messed up the game or whatever and then mm-hmm. like they see the character i'm playing as a girl even or like they see my username then they'll type oh you're just an e-girl like oh e-girls i hate e-girls like this is like you suck Ugh. like basically just saying horrible like way yeah. worse things that i'm saying right now and like just sitting there seeing that well obviously i'm not gonna want to like talk to you guys i'm not gonna want to use my voice or like say anything yeah they have to they're dicks already and then they're like sexist dicks on top of that and that's just like totally like sucks yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, like, half the, like, if not more than half the time, the guys are much worse than I've seen them. Like, <laughs> when I play with the, another girl, I feel so comfortable. I'm just, like, I can tell mm-hmm. that they are level-headed. And, like, <laughs> 99% of the time, it's a man who is super toxic. So, anyway. That sounds right. Sounds correct. <laughs> uh i mean it does it's it reminds me honestly of the supreme court confirmations and the difference between uh, jack yeah. justice jackson's confirmation and justice kavanaugh's but the questions yeah. i digress yeah <laughs> no no it definitely is related so related to all the misogyny and the attitude yeah. that society has but i guess the pressure or like the need for women to always be the ones to maintain our composure because there's already these like emotional stereotypes about us or like whatever yeah. but then men are just allowed to be angry and be dicks and like be sexist and there's no like societal there's less societal repercussions mm-hmm. i think that what you were saying brings up another question for me like i'm curious what kind of like what gaming has meant to you as a hobby like why do you enjoy it and like do you feel like there are things that you've learned or gained from it like mm-hmm. just like what has it meant for you it definitely is something that I find a lot of comfort in and the one of the biggest parts of like what I do in gaming and participating in the culture and stuff is watching other streamers and like specifically women 
Asian women who stream. So I'm really into this one channel called OTV, Offline TV. Specifically, their channel brings a lot of comfort. Like watching their videos, I feel like I'm friends with them. And I feel like there's so many women in OTV too. And I'm just like, this is, these are the types of people that I enjoy seeing. And like, I want to emulate when I play games because they're very confident. They're very, you know, successful. Mm, yeah. And I think they break a lot of stereotypes about Asians gaming as more than a hobby too especially like growing up playing video games is kind of like you're wasting your life i just like the feeling too i like the feeling of watching them it's like just like how you watch friends you know the show friends for yeah. comfort it's kind of like that that's nice to hear and yeah i think like diego's told me also about just comments he's gotten growing up when like you're too even as a guy like when you're mm-hmm. really like video games or you're into it people are like, well, that's a waste of time. But for him, I know it's been like, it's definitely not a waste of time. He really enjoys it just like as a hobby. But then it's also taught him a lot of important skills um, that I can see when I watch him play. Like he's really good at managing like a whole ton of things at one time, like strategizing, uh, hand-eye coordination, you know? And I also see it because Mm -hmm. I lack all of those things from not (laughs) having played games. Um, And so it's nice to, I think it's important to talk about like, this is such a big industry now and like such a big um, hobby, but also a profession for some people. And like, it's important to talk about the really beneficial parts of it. In addition to like, you know, there are potentially harmful, toxic things that we also need to talk about, but it sounds like it's a really, can be a very nice community if there's fewer sexist dicks. Yeah. 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 I think it definitely, (laughs) yeah. Like you, uh, you know, talking about what Diego has taken away from playing video games, like, just, also, just, like, learning communication, like, the games I play are all about communicating, and mm. patience with the, you know, people that you don't, you know, are kind of mean, but, like, yeah. <laughs> patience yeah. in general, um, like, communicating, having those social skills is really important, too, and I think if you start gaming early, like, if your kid starts playing games, games like Minecraft, those are like basic survival games, right? Or creative games. Mm. They can really develop their, not only their creativity, but also just like experiential learning, you know, through video games. I think it's really valuable. So what do you you mean by that? The experiential, experiential, well, I can't say that word. Experiential. Experiential learning, yeah. I think like you can like a lot of people look at Minecraft and like even some schools now they like allow students to play it just to learn from and what I mean by experiential learning is like the game that it is it's like a survival game but you can um, it starts with like very basic skills right but then they build upon each other as you Mm. progress in the game so I think it sort of just shows you like how complex but also fun it can be to learn different things in a game and that I think that can like progress into real life skills and like seeing how things actually play out you know yeah and like building on those skills that you start out with like nothing but then yes. you're yeah you're getting yeah. like going up in levels and like you know whatever everything gets more complicated so yeah and then like obviously video games if we didn't have video games uh it would be a lot harder I think for kids to see the value in coding and computer science because it's oh, a, yeah. a big reason why people develop and want to get into game development is because of games that they play as kids. So, yeah, yeah, that's really cool, too. So, like, how do you think that we can 
<laughs> big question. How can you, how do you think we can like help, uh, like, yeah, destigmatize girls being into video games and like help more girls get into gaming and then also just like generally destigmatize gaming? Like, any thoughts mm-hmm. on that? For one, I think that gender representation in video games, I think it's going to be a long journey, but things that have helped definitely are like, as a young girl, being able to see other women like you in the pro gaming scene is really, yeah. really valuable. And it's just very motivating. Like, well, she's doing it. So why should I feel, you know, like stereotyped or yeah. perceived in some negative way? But something that I think is really important and I would like to see is yeah, I really like cute characters. I like girl characters and I like their voice acting and stuff. But can we get some like cool ass female characters? Like, yeah, ladies, like, right, right. I think that is really, really important. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because that not, is important. Yeah, not every girl wants to play those types of characters. Right. And if you do, that's cool too. But like, I don't want that to be the only way that characters, female characters, are portrayed in video games. That can be really harmful, I think. So yeah, well, I think it goes hand in hand with like not and like not as many women in esports and mm-hmm. being valued in esports because like without women's voices. I think there are going to be fewer men who will speak up against that kind of sexist representation. So it's unfortunate, Absolutely. of course. Like we want the men to speak up too, but it is reality. Absolutely, yeah. Well, do you have any thoughts from what you've learned and maybe heard? What What is your general takeaway? <laughs> My general takeaway is that I actually kind of wish I got more into video games growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like that with Diego too. Like watching him play games and then trying to play really any sort of game besides uh mario it's just Mm -hmm. or like even like i've been okay at smash like super smash bros like learning yeah but i do feel like there's a huge gap both in like coordination skills and like well i guess the big actually the biggest thing the biggest gap is like understanding how games work like i feel like when Mm -hmm. you grow up playing games you understand that like you get dropped in a world and then you know that you're supposed to like go around and like you know build up money or like build up levels or try to kill enemies and like that sounds super super basic but when I get dropped in a world I'm like immediately overwhelmed that by totally all. reasonable yeah that's so reasonable I, yeah, I feel like the I same way if I yeah mm-hmm. yeah I don't understand like what I'm supposed to do I don't understand like how I'm supposed to organize like the different missions um, and then Diego has to be like has to give me pretty basic instructions about like uh, I don't know, just like follow that cue that it's giving you. And it just doesn't come, it's not it's not natural and it's not instinctive to me. And so I wish that, I think there are really important skills there. And I think that it would have been cool to build those earlier on. But on the other end, I'm just like grateful to hear what you've gained from it. And I think it's a world that I will never really fully understand, but I'm really glad that you have found at least some sense of comfort and community and like fun um and it's always really cool actually for me to see you play league and like be really badass and really good at it uh just because like I don't know that's I mean that's always cool to see you do something cool um and awesome but especially with games because it's something I just totally am like it's out of my league completely yeah but out of my league (laughs) it's fun my my hope is I mean, I, I really badly want you to get into gaming and, like, be able to play <laughs> with you because that would be the most fun for me ever. But, you know, it's a learning curve, I think. 
Oh, well, actually, I guess that, yeah, like I was talking about how Diego has to guide me through. Diego gets super frustrated with me sometimes when I don't, like, I can't, like, make a jump, like, an easy jump. I'm like, how do I run? Like, how, why can't I pick this up? Um, and similarly with Hannah, Hannah's tried to teach me and she's pretty patient with me, which is nice. But it's also, like, tell the audience how it feels to watch me play League after you've tried to teach me. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I think I have a little more patience for you because I understand a little bit. Like it's like really hard to begin with. Like when I started, when I started, I also was the same way. But <laughs> I think I think the learning curve is particularly high for Hillary because, <laughs> <laughs> because like we will play the same thing over and over, like practice doing the same thing over and over. So like in league, there's this one thing. It's like the most basic fundamental skill. It's called last hitting, which is the way that you accumulate wealth in the game so like oh yeah to, you know remember what that is right it's basically you just have to click at the right time so <laughs> she really couldn't do it <laughs> um and just like simple things that you naturally do when fighting someone else in a game right you back up you move around you like roll or whatever she kind of just stood there so it's like it's like those types of things where <laughs> Where, it's the where part, I but... yeah, where I see you do that, I'm like, hmm, okay. So we have to like, she needs to learn that like you can't just like I don't understand how that's fun for you. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> essentially, yeah, the last hit in league, and then also this thing called kiting. Yeah, you, you remember? Like, yeah, sure. you like run up and then you hit them, but then you have to run away and like you kind of like run back and forth so that you're not just standing in like the line of fire the entire time and I understand them on a conceptual level and like when I'm practicing and it's like a bot or like a tutorial like I can do it but then once it's anything real I just completely get overwhelmed like the lack of coordination comes in and then I like think I'm doing the right sometimes I'm looking at the wrong character like I the <laughs> I forget like the like the bigger objective and then um a lot of the times I just die very fast and then it's just a whole it's just a whole thing I just think the learning curve is very steep for, or is very steep or yeah, is it steep. I don't know. it's like a very high very hard learning yeah. curve um and it will take me a very long time to get good at it and so I can see why that would be frustrating for someone who like totally understands how to do these basic things but you know but you know <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to share about gaming no, I think that, I mean, I could go on forever about, <laughs> about gaming, but, um, to move into, like, let's just go over it quickly since we, we talked a bit about gaming already, like how gaming is also related to my other interests and hobbies. So I do, uh, I have a lot of interest in music and art. And one thing I noticed generally, one thing I noticed about gaming culture is that a lot of streamers, a lot of top gamers actually also are involved in music and art so they're either like very musical people like they play instruments or they sing um, or they also showcase their art along with like their gaming and a lot of these people are Asians so I just thought that was interesting when I was thinking about my hobbies like why how do these relate if at all and that's one thing I noticed maybe you guys have heard of Lily Pichu who I think she's she's Korean and she's an offline TV and she is a pro not a pro like she's a League of Legends streamer big League of Legends streamer but she also does a lot of drawing streams and drawing classes on Twitch and Ooh. 
she plays a bunch of instruments. So she's known for all three of those things, I would say equally. So she's like very big in all of those. And then in addition to that, there's like an annual streamers concert, I guess. Like they do virtual concerts and different games where like they just go on Discord and they, they sing or they play music. They also do in-person concerts. They had like a Christmas concert where all the pro streamers came together and like sang. And I think that's really cool. Like, yeah, it's not something you might expect, right, from them. But once you get into it, you're like, oh, wow, a lot of these people are so talented in other ways, especially artistic ways. Yeah, that's that's super cool. And also very uh, encouraging, I think, like, as an Asian growing up, you're like, you know, you might hear that, like, that's also a waste of time, like, like, to work in the arts or to mm-hmm. pursue the arts other than a hobby and I definitely heard that growing up and so being able to you know see these people be super passionate the same way that I am about you know using these things as their career it's just crazy to me now like that I see that yeah I'm still trying to get Hana to ditch law school and just become a twitch streamer but <laughs> it's cool in my notes for today's podcast I wrote Asians who are not good at math so the reason why I did that <laughs> the top streamers who are Asians, they're not like stereotypically good students academically. Like they've talked openly, a lot of them have talked openly about how they failed school or they dropped out or they, you know, they got a degree, but they just like hated it, you know? And so now they're doing gaming, music and art. And I think I resonate with that a lot. Like I resonate with not being the model student. I don't know, just another place where I'm like, oh wow, that's, this is like an experience that a lot of, people have and you know I don't you don't need to feel one type of way because you're not good at math or science or academics because you you know you might have a lot of other areas that are equally as valuable if not more valuable to your life so that's true um it'd be cool if you could share like a little more about your interests in music and art like personally and where those developed kind of similar to game like where when you talked about gaming yeah, I'll talk briefly about it. Like for in terms of music, have like I had an affinity towards music starting in college, I would say, when I like stopped doing all the instruments that I was forced to play as a kid. So like piano and like band and stuff and those were like really off putting. I was like, frick this, I hate music. Like this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but then finding instruments that I like playing and so now I play the ukulele. I'm trying to trying to improve day by day like whenever I can it's like my favorite hobby to do when I'm feeling stressed or when I'm doing nothing like it's just the best thing to be able to pick it up and play what I want to play and then in terms of art I like to do a lot of types of art I like I do a lot of acrylic painting but um, she's really good by the way no I'm not I'm really not humble af but yeah I'm not good I'm still like very much (laughs) like like learning a lot of different things but sure but that doesn't mean you're not good Okay. Very talented, very naturally talented. She's done some like graphic design for some of like for one of my friends. She's um like all of her paintings, even like the little mini canvases that you do, like are really, really impressive. Like Dude, that's so nice. So nice. You're just you're being way too nice. Um Yeah. But I think (laughs) yeah, as like people who do art and stuff, they're very overly critical of their own art. They're always like That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like to do still life. I like to do charcoal, you know, everything. Yeah, that's a little bit about my interests. In- Art is definitely somewhere that I also have um, zero skill and zero to say. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, 
I used to like doodle and stuff and I was really into drawing like anime people for a little while. Yeah, 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 yeah. And especially like anime eyes. Yeah, I remember thinking, seeing Very them as, a, as your younger sister and being like, oh, these are so good. These are so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I had a future in anime drawing specifically. Yeah. But like I can't, I couldn't draw you like a realistic looking cat right now or anything like that. Or like even a human. Or I guess that's hard. But like I couldn't even probably draw like a realistic looking book. <laughs> but or apple but yeah um but i always like like with gaming it's something where i'm just very impressed by hana's skills in them and obviously like i brag more about them than she will ever but i think it's also always been something that i just really really hope that you like never leave behind mm-hmm. um you know especially going to law school we've talked about how well like i've definitely shared with Hana, like how law school definitely stifles creativity and like the whole point of becoming a like learning certain skills to become a lawyer is to learn how to write less creatively and like more directly and yeah. more persuasively and things like that. Um, and you spend all your time like learning what kind of suit to wear and reading court cases. And so it's not necessary. It's not like a bed of a hotbed of creativity, <laughs> but yeah. it's just something that I, uh, like as you head into that chapter I just really hope that like art and also gaming and also music like those are things that you love and that you continue to make a big part of your life oh yeah yeah I I hope so too I really hope so it's a part of myself that I've grown into loving I've seen all the representation and feeling like a part of a community has really helped to develop you know the niche that I feel like I have now and those three areas yeah it's really great and I also think like it helps seeing these people be real people like programmers who are also music and art who are also Asian they're real people they have issues they have they struggle with mental health they talk about difficulties in real life and I think that really helps me um, Mm. get through my own life too so I think that if anyone is debating whether or not they should think more about gaming as like a career or music and art as a career I think that they should really get into this this culture and see what it's all about because it's like so valuable so. yeah well and it's especially important because like because of all of those stereotypes and the stigma like still that exist there's so little asian representation still in yeah. you know like mainstream music and also among uh like visual artists like obviously there's more and more as people break through those stereotypes and like pursue what they love yeah. but it's still such a issue yeah i was thinking about I was thinking about Asians in mainstream music. And, like, when I we say mainstream music, we mean the U.S. Because in Asia, it's obviously way different. Like, thinking about top... Okay, let's think about top Asians in American music historically. Like, I can think of, off the top of my head, Far East Movement. <laughs> and Where? Oh, for, Far East Movement. Far East yeah, Movement yeah. and Bruno Mars. Like, those are the two that I think of. Anderson Pack. No. Yeah, Anderson Pack. Is he Asian? I don't know if he... Yeah, uh, isn't he? He must be mixed, because... He's like black and something else, right? Oh, maybe not. Wait, maybe cut that out. <laughs> Wait, it's maybe fine. I don't know. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. He's ha- yeah, yeah. I thought I got that right. Okay, yeah. He's part Korean. Oh, he's part Korean. Okay, cool. Yeah, but also, like Dominic that's Pike. the other thing, right? Like the people who are big, big, like Anderson Pack, and even Bruno Mars and Olivia Rodrigo. Like these people, they are all mixed, but they're also like not Anderson Pack, but like many of them are white passing. So like they don't talk oh, about yeah. their Asian descent, right? Um, they don't true. they don't really like 
show visually Asian representation. Same with like Sweetie. Sweetie. Hmm? Oh, Sweetie. Yeah. Sweetie. Yeah. Did you just say that? I said Sweetie. Is it Sweetie? Yeah, you can say Sweetie. It's Sweetie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you're right, and I think like there are also just more and more names that are getting big, but I still think that it's still very, very few. And like, yeah, yeah, we can name a lot of them. So yeah, exactly, right? Like, yeah, I'm thinking Farg's movement is from like 2010 or something, right? So who's gonna be the next, you know, big out of America? Because there are a lot of stars now who come from Asian countries, like Eric Nam and like. Um, oh, BTS. Well, BTS. BTS like has blown up. Like they've made a big presence in the U.S. Oh, so true. Like with such so a true. big support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is really, really true. <laughs> But then, like, stereotypically, right, Asians, they don't do rap. They don't do pop music. They do, like, classical music. And, like, all my Asian friends, they do, like, orchestra. Um, <laughs> just really cool seeing more and more Asians branch out into different genres. Yeah, we need a badass, like, Asian rapper woman. <laughs> Aside from Aquafina. Like, we need more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't, name, I can't name a single one. Wait, so, well, Sweetie is part Asian, right? Okay, yeah, but you, when people say, like, who's your favorite Asian rapper, they're not, like, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. Yeah, definitely hope to see more. I'm, I like the direction that media, art, and music are going in terms of representation for Asians. It's just, like, there's so yeah. much work to still be done. And, yeah, I think we'll do a, an episode in the future more about, like, Asian-American representation in movies and media and things like that so we can dive more. Um, but at least for today, I'm glad that you were able to share some of those hobbies that i think you should make professional or <laughs> yeah this is actually just a conversation about <laughs> convincing me to career path yeah <laughs> no but they are areas i'm very passionate about so i'm glad i got to talk a little bit about them i hope that some people resonate ah thanks for sharing all of that i think for the next part of our podcast we are going to talk about a recent movie that came Woo! out that we watched Woo! Yeah. what's the movie hannah <laughs> Turning Red by Pixar and Disney. Turning Red. And so this is a uh, spoiler alert, I suppose, for anyone who hasn't seen it and doesn't like spoilers or doesn't want spoilers. Um, or if you've seen it and don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't seen it and don't want spoilers, I would come back to this segment after you've seen it because we're just going to, yeah. we're going to dive in. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, all of our reactions to the movie. So there might be spoilers. All right. Let's cool. To it. Uh, what were your impressions? I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was good. Um, I cried at the end when the, like the mom and the, and May were talking in the bamboo. So like, it was really sad for me to see. Like, I just felt very like, oh, the mom giving up stuff for the kid and like, blah, blah, blah. It's really similar to our own experiences. And a lot of the parts of the movie, Taylor and I were talking about it, like, we related to very deeply. Yeah, I think I also really liked the movie. I mean, I think I have some, I have some feelings about, like, how she <laughs> essentially used this, like, ancestral power to make money to go to a boy band concert. Um <laughs> But I do think, like, honestly, that's a pretty honest representation yeah. of, like, what, what a preteen would do, yeah. like, if it makes sense, uh, yeah. if she can profit. So, like, I get that it's capitalistic, but I also think that that's, like, real. <laughs> and that's what she wanted. And yeah. so, yeah, aside from that. I, I mean, what, 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 what do you mean? Like, what, what was she supposed to do? Like, 
No, I know, but I think I've seen some criticisms online also uh-huh. um, of just like, like I get it, like you have this like long generational line of powerful women like using being able to use their emotions to like be like transform and be protectors and all these things and then she decides that she wants to keep it because like or maybe that's not why she decides to keep it um but she uses it for these like very preteen like adolescent interests and to use to make money like the biggest thing is like she uses it to make money um but Mm -hmm. like i said I probably would have done that when I was a preteen. Yeah, so I, I think it's say, a that's like realistic representation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think true. it's a great, yeah, maybe like people, I think people are reading a lot into it, like capitalism and stuff. I think it's like yeah. they were really just trying to show like what is a preteen doing with her life? Like, what are her <laughs> priorities? Like why is she, yeah. you know, and I like that. I think it was very real. It is kind of funny that she uses it to her advantage by them. Yeah, and yeah. but then again, I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's her. The whole point is like she decides what she wants this power to be, and so maybe we yeah. can, you can judge her if you want, like for what she uses it to be. But she's also 13, so yeah. I mean, in the end, though, also in the end, she uses it to help her mom's temple, like the family's temple, make money. Which yeah, is like yeah. I think in terms of like how relatable it was, I think there were a lot of pieces that were super relatable, like very specific things that were relatable. Mm. For example, like randomly, all Asian people love Celine Dion. Like there was a mention of Celine Dion. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, like I think the parents like said something about Celine Dion, and that's really funny because our parents freaking love Celine oh Dion, God, yeah. and also I love Celine Dion. And one of the only fights I ever had with my best friend from college was when she called Celine Dion a, a one-hit wonder, and I was like, no. Never gonna forget You're wrong. that. And then we got into a fight. <laughs> um, so that's accurate. Yeah. And yeah, it was just like a lot of other like making a PowerPoint presentation to uh, convince your parents to like let you do something. Um you did that. even just like yeah, I did that before. <laughs> and like just being into like like crushing on like really lame, like dumb white dudes when you're in middle school, uh being obsessed with boy bands, like all of that stuff. Oh my god, hundred percent. Yeah, I think they got the time period really on point. Like it was like the late. Oh, I think it was like the early two thousands. Like that's what they said it or late nineteen nineties or something like that. That was something. I think alley. something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But it was exactly my like preteen. Exactly. Life, yeah. So. <laughs> so they got a lot of things right. Right, like the Tamagotchi. I thought was so cute. Oh my god! Yeah. Like kids, kids these days don't even know what that is. Isn't that crazy? Kids these days don't know what Tamagotchi is. I don't think so. They don't like. Like, or do they think it's like this ancient relic? <laughs> I've never seen one since I was like, yeah, since you were a preteen. So, uh, yeah. Oh, what I was gonna say is, aside from those like small details that were totally on point, I think like the theme of like wanting to honor your parents mm-hmm. and uphold that relationship that you have when you're younger, and like their expectations, and wanting to like be there with them, and um, especially like express your gratitude for everything that they do for you. And balancing that with your own freedom and like growing up and what that means for you and what you want to do and being who you want. I think that theme is like, oh my God, 100% again, like what preteens go through, what I went through. I still go, I mean, I'm still going through that as an adult. So I just feel like that's just a kind of a second gen immigrant thing, just like a growing up kid thing, but like especially strong in like the Asian immigrant community. Yeah. Also like the part where her mom is like, uh like let's go together like let's go to math 
um, club or oh, yeah. together. And she's like, no, no, no. And she's like, no, I want to go. Like, like Loki, I felt like, okay, like something about parents, maybe just parents in general, but also Asian parents, our experience, <laughs> like they know when something is up. They always know. Our mom always knows. <laughs> and it's so creepy, like not creepy, but like it's so crazy. <laughs> like something, I, there's like no way, like no one had ever told her anything. It'll just be like a hard time in my life and she'll know like she'll know but it's crazy it's true she'll like call you or text you and be like is everything okay and then Hannah's like no it's not okay oh my god, oh god you read my mind again it. yeah oh. there's no reason but she would know that that happens a lot happens a lot burning cd was she burning cds in the movie her friend like burnt oh by the way we're i made a like as i was watching the movie i made a list of like all the things that i felt were relatable so that's um, yeah. I was looking at that and one of the bullets is burning CDs where I think her friend May's friend burnt her a CD of oh, um yeah. what the heck is the boy band's name I'm like four town all the details oh yeah wait what four town four town yeah 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 uh shout out Jordan Fisher but yeah <laughs> uh burnt her a CD and like decorated it and I told I did that for my friends and also just burnt all my own CDs when I was in uh, in middle school and then one of the other funny details was when uh, all of May's aunties show up to help, like, with the ceremony to dispel the red panda. And they say something that's like, at least we get free breakfast at the hotel or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which is so, my God, every time we go to a hotel, our mom is like, okay, I booked the hotel and we have free breakfast. Yeah, it's <laughs> the best part. And then we always get like extra every time we go to the breakfast and then like take it as snacks for the rest of the day also i really yeah. liked how right at the beginning the dad was cooking and i immediately was like that's that's our family like that's Asian yes dads chinese dads a lot yeah. of chinese dads yeah i wonder why that is yeah. i know for our family it's just because my our mom doesn't like she's not a very good cook <laughs> oh my god but then also well she's she's getting better but yeah also i think maybe um at some point in their relationship like our dad at some points they might our dad had like more time i don't know i have to i want to ask them like how that is it just because like daddy's a better cook <laughs> mm. no i think it's an actual cultural thing but i don't know why also i wrote um concert reaction because i felt like the way that the girls reacted to four town was how you reacted to amine which we talked about mm-hmm. on the podcast um do you feel like that's correct they were just completely losing their minds and screaming and crying not just the girls also tyler their friend or the bully who turned into their friend extremely active um all female oh right so i wrote i wrote in the notes there was an all-female production team because i thought that was really cool and unique for pixar and disney movies there's never been one and a lot of them are asian and the actual people voicing the characters were also like the correct ethnicity they were all asian which i appreciate a lot I also, just in general, maybe we can wrap this up, but in general, I like the message that, like, she has trouble controlling her emotions or, like, that is something that she was struggled with. I think in the Asian American culture, like, there's a lot of emphasis on you need to be able to control your emotions. You need to, you know, you need to be calm. You need to know how to... Do you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot of managing of, like, our emotions yeah sure managing of our emotions um same face too i think is related to that Um, totally yeah i can't be too excited can't be too like don't laugh too loud don't like um you know get angry don't um sadness is like a little more complicated i think but especially Mm -hmm. in public like don't be 
overly excessively excited and don't be angry and like just kind of try to maintain you know composure so that you can maintain like a good outward appearance of for our family and just for everybody so that's a good point I didn't think about that until now I think related to that there's a lot of conversation uh online about like how the red panda I mean I guess even explicitly in the movie they relate it to like getting her period Mm -hmm. um and so like the red panda and all of these changes and like craving freedom and everything like stands for kind of puberty and so just wondering like do you think did you feel like it was a good representation of like what you went through kind of during that time in your life going through puberty and getting your period and like growing up in those different ways Mm. or not I think that you probably have a closer experience because I had you who obviously helped me through all that stuff and then our mom so when it came to me going through these changes like I was just like whatever this is I already (laughs) I already know what's gonna happen like I literally just sat there and I was like okay this is happening now um like Wait, what? and stuff yeah like like there was no freak out for me at all I just remember I was like yep this is supposed to happen but that's just a product of being the younger child I think whoa that's crazy to hear I I guess we just never really talked about it since then I I don't have any memory of you going through puberty for some reason exactly like I yeah <laughs> just oh, quietly slipping the same <laughs> what was your experience wow. you think it's a good representation yeah, I was thinking about it. I feel like it is. I didn't think about it at the time, obviously. I think when you're going through it, like going through puberty, you don't think about how it's like changing you and how you like what mood swings mean and stuff like that. Yeah. But looking back, I do remember like getting my period was a big deal. I thought I was like dying. I actually thought I was dying. I was like, like crap, there's so much blood. <laughs> like, What the heck is this? And then mommy had to come and uh, taught me through it and like teach me all the things and so it was like shock but then also more like the hormonal changes and like mood swings and how it affected my relationship with my parents I think I think that was like a little slower I don't think it's like in the movie where like suddenly one day she wakes up and she's like sweating and like <laughs> can't like yeah. wants diff- totally different things but I do think a lot of the feelings and like the conflict within her uh, and like crushing on boys a lot suddenly like I think all of that kind of started uh, like it's all it's, that's all accurate it just took more time than it does in the movie which makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah I think it was a good movie y'all should go see it uh, if you haven't and then let us know what you think oh also shout out uh, to my friend Liza who suggested on Instagram that we talk about turning red and like, if you have a suggestion for something to talk about, let us know because we will actually do it. <laughs> yeah, please. Okay, well, that's all we have for today. Thanks so much, as always, for listening and for supporting. Um, follow us on Instagram at Generational Differences and give us a five star review if you like the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you next time. <laughs>